This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Introducing new Firehouse Pairs. Pair your favorite small sub with a signature side, like the awesome five cheese mac and cheese. And remember, a portion of every purchase at Firehouse Subs goes towards helping first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating in locations only, Firehouse Subs will donate a minimum of $1 million in 2019 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.11% of every purchase. This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Introducing new Firehouse Pairs. Pair your favorite small sub with a signature side, like the awesome five cheese mac and cheese. And remember, a portion of every purchase at Firehouse Subs goes towards helping first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations only, Firehouse Subs will donate a minimum of $1 million in 2019 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.11% of every purchase. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to Let's Talk Adults, the podcast where we bring you adult entertainment talk for the adult entertainment curious. My name is Glenn King, working solo today. We don't have my usual partner, Jim Williams. We hope to have him back next week, but um, I'm excited uh, because I have with us tonight a very, very special guest, a guest that's so good and so popular and so wonderful that we don't need a co-host because we have, and I'm going to just read you some of her bio here, one of the greatest superstars of all time. She's been in, um, well, let's say hundreds, maybe thousands of adult videos, possibly. Uh, she's been on TV shows like Vivid Valley. She was a vivid contract girl. Says here she had a successful run on Playboy TV. She's in the XRCO Hall of Fame, probably in the AVN Hall of Fame, too. If she's not, that's just a real travesty. I'm talking, of course, about the legendary one and only Brianna Banks. Yay! Well, thank you. That was quite an intro. <laughs> you are quite a performer, um, truly one of the greatest of all time. Let's start at the way, way beginning. I didn't know this, and I've known you for a few years. You were born in Germany? Yes, I was born in München, München, uh, Germany. Uh, and then you moved to England, I take it. It's according to your Wikipedia, at least. Yes. Uh, the Wikipedia is almost accurate. I moved to England when I was seven, and then I moved from England to Simi uh, Valley when I was eight. Uh, do you remember much about those first eight years of your life in, in Germany and England? I do, actually. And uh, I used to go back to Germany um, all the way till I was about 21. My dad still lived out there, so I got to go every summer and go visit. So I have some really good memories, actually. Well, so you went on to move to the United States at an early age. You became a uh, a model as a teen, and then how did you end up transitioning from being a, a mainstream model to doing porn? Well, I actually started out on the cover of magazine believe it or not oh, wow. uh, and um i was uh five i was five ten and back then you had to be five eleven to do runway so mm-hmm. i went to every agency and i'd wear platforms and they could just look at you and tell that you weren't tall enough and um 
I ended up running away from home at 14, and I took my younger sister with me and um, got a part-time job where I got paid under the table at a pizza place, and I continued going to high school, got my diploma. And when I turned 16, I uh, emancipated myself. Um, and then when I turned 18, I got full custody of my sister. And I realized that I could not support the both of us um, on a high school diploma job. You know, minimum wage just didn't cut it. So I answered an ad in the paper, make $1,000 a day, and it said nude modeling. So I'm like, "Eh." you know, I've never really taken my clothes off in front of anyone but the one boyfriend that I had had for four years. But and like $1,000 will pay my rent for two months because I was running a crappy $500 a month studio yeah. to get out to see me. Um, so I showed up on set and um, I didn't know it was porn. I pulled up and there was like four scenes being shot like at once. And I pulled away and I pulled back and I pulled away. I did this for about half an hour. Um, cause I'd only been with one guy. I was like, I can't do this. I, I'm like, I, I just can't, oh, I don't, I yeah. was so voted most shy in high school. So I, I really didn't think I could go through with it. And, um, I finally got out of the car and I said, you know what, if you don't do it, they're going to take your sister away. You're going to be evicted and homeless within three days. So those are your options. Uh, so get out of the fucking car, excuse my language, and go do it. Yeah. So um, they were very nice. I'd never been called pretty in my entire life. So I guess they, they used the right words and made me so important and special enough that I actually went through with it. And um, the whole time, I just remember them asking me to make noise. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I looked like a deer in headlights. I mean, I didn't even know that, like, penises came in different sizes. I'd only been with one person. <laughs> so, I, yeah. So, Brandon Iron's dick was, like, the biggest thing I thought I'd ever seen. It was, like... Oh, like, Brandon. Okay. Yeah. I'm like, that's not going to fit. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. He's got a big and, dick. Um, well, compared to the guy I was dating for four years, yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, so the whole scene, they're like, can you make noise? And uh, I've watched the scene and I just laughed because I didn't know how to give a blowjob. I just kind of licked it like it was a lollipop. Aw, right. <laughs> and, um, you know, like I looked just like a deer in headlights. Everyone was watching, of course, like, who's this new girl? And so uh, I was like, you know, it was it was not my best scene. Let's see that. But um, I got the thousand dollars cash after the scene, and I'd never seen that much money in my entire life. Um, so I went home, and I didn't tell my sister. I just, you know, paid the rent up and um, decided I was gonna do maybe a couple more. Um, under the name Mirage, uh, no one would find out. And, yeah. you know, I um, buy my sister a car and, you know, catch up on some bills that needed to be paid. And that was kind of my, my plan when I got in. Yeah, to just do a couple scenes and get out. Yeah. And, and let me make sure I understand this here. 
So, first off, you went to World Modeling. Is that the agency that, that started you out with Jim South? No, I went to Reagan Center. Oh, <laughs> he was a piece of work. Okay. Yes, and I uh, So, wait a second. Now, then, it. when you answered Reagan's ad, didn't he take a bunch of naked um, Polaroids well, this, of you? This was after I did the original shoot. But I answered okay. the ad in the paper. Yeah. And then when I decided I wanted to do a few more movies, I I somehow came across his gummy name. And uh, huh. um, I, I only stayed as Mirage for about a year and a half. And um, companies wouldn't pay him. They just laughed, you know. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. They couldn't. They're like, you're with him? Like, seriously? And, uh, so, and just you know, so I'm just, just don't answer this if you don't want to, but you did you have sex with um, Reagan to get going there or wasn't that what he made his girls do or no? I had to show that I could do a blowjob. Yes. I was yes. a 19 year old naive little girl. Yeah. 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 So so just so people understand that typically does not happen with reputable agencies anymore. Um, But back then there was actually only two agencies, I think in the business, maybe three. Um, Yeah. Jim South and then Reagan center, which I think they were in the same building, weren't they? Um, He he worked out of his apartment. So I don't know. I was, um, I was completely bewildered. There was like girls living there. Uh, Pretty sure they were high on something, but um, yeah, it was a really, Strange experience, and um, and then what know, set did he send you to? Like though, with, with the the Brandon Iron set, um, who was the director, or what company was it? That was University Coeds, and I believe it was for Zane. Mm, um, yeah, if I'm correct, I'm I'm not sure. I just know the name of it was University Coeds, and Brandon Irons played my stepbrother. And it's like so awkward at the beginning because I'm like, I, I didn't even masturbate in my normal life. And they wanted mm. me to catch him jacking off and, you know, play with myself watching in the doorway. And I look like such an idiot because I didn't even know how to do it in my personal life. Never mm. mind, like, on camera. <laughs> oh, my God. Is- um, but at least Zane was a good director. I don't think he had a reputation of being um, one of those guys that, tried to do things with his talent behind the scenes or anything. No, I think everyone there could tell I was absolutely petrified. If they had tried anything, I probably would have run. <laughs> <laughs> I, they were doing everything in their power to get me not to leave, you know, cause I was very, very hesitant to go through with the whole thing. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, all right. So let's skip up to the, where you changed your name to from Mirage to um, Brianna Banks. And by the way, everybody, you're listening to let's talk adult with your host, Glenn King with the legendary Brianna Banks, who's going to, tell us how she changed her name from Mirage to Brianna Banks. Um, well, um, within a month or two of um, doing uh, scenes, everybody found out. I mean, my mm. mom's boyfriend asked me to autograph one of his videos <laughs> he had of me. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I had to ask him not to tell my mother till I did. All my friends found out. 
I mean, it, it spread like wildfire. I never, ever thought that I was going to become popular or that people watched that much porn because I'd never watched a porn before I got in. Yeah. So um, I decided I wanted to get my boobs done. Um, so after I got my boobs done... Wait, wait, wait. Decided... Where did you get the money to get your boobs done? You just used your own money from the thing or you had a sugar daddy at the time? No, I used my own money. I got okay. like uh, my my first boob job was only three thousand. I got it done in Florida, mm. and um, I uh, decided that if everyone was going to know what I did, that um, I was going to go by my real name and be the biggest and the best that I could be. So I got my boobs done, and within a month, I was penthouse pet, cover and centerfold. And I signed with Vivid. Um, I had Jill, Jill Kelly Productions fighting for me and Vivid. So I, uh, June 2001 was a very good year for me. <laughs> okay, so what and, – and by the way, people um, – back then, the industry was a little different. You kind of had to have uh, big fake boobs if you wanted to yeah. be in the upper echelon of performers. Um, it's like a little different today. You pigtails for every scene. <laughs> right. If you weren't going to be in that market, which, you know, today that is the biggest market. But um, mm -hmm. so you were you had two companies competing for you. Is there was it just the money was better with Vivid or was there another reason why you went with them over JKP? I was actually dating uh, Bobby Vitale, who was the first Vivid contract guy. So, I did not know um, that. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I knew yeah. you were dating Bobby Vitale. I just didn't know that Vivid had any contract guys. That's cool. Yeah, he was the first ever contract guy for Vivid. And so, um, you know, uh, I kind of decided to go with Vivid because, you know, they treated him well. And, you know, the money was obviously very good. They used condoms in all their scenes. Um Right. Until about maybe the fourth or fifth year, I believe I was I was the longest ever vivid contract stars with them for eight years. I watched girls come and go. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, and just so people understand, we're talking about Jenna Jameson, we're talking about Savannah Sampson, um mm -hmm. you know, a lot of lot of big name girls. I can't I can't others come tonight, uh, Tawny something, uh, Tawny Roberts. Tawny, I think? Ro Tawny Roberts, Kira Kenner. Um, God, there was, I saw most of them last, Dasha was there almost as long as me, mm -hmm. um, you know, but most of the girls only lasted a year and then they were gone. So yeah, yeah I, I, I kind of raised the bar cause I was the only girl Vivid ever signed that had done about 300 scenes. Uh, Usually yeah. they only signed girls that had never done anything and I've done VPs and five on ones. So I like joined Vivid, and all of a sudden I was like the hard Vivid girl. So all the other girls had to step up their game a little bit. Because, yeah, you they know, picked you because like, you were an irresistible force, unstoppable force. Um, you still are, but back then especially, you were just yeah. somebody who you absolutely couldn't deny uh, um, if you were I a did, producer kinda, that this woman is somebody who, who stands yeah. out. I was like the pretty girl that did the nasty scenes. And I think I got so popular because I did all the gonzo stuff. And then I started doing the featuring and uh, the features. And, you know, um, none of the vivid girls had ever done GPs or anal. And, you know, it was like I grew up on camera. My first girl experience was on camera. My first anal experience was on camera. 
I learned everything on camera for the whole world to see. Like I wasn't acting like it was really happening to me for the first time, every time that um, I did something new. Um, can you talk a little bit about what it was like to use condoms versus being freed later on? Uh, you know, I tried to use condoms in, for a couple of years in my scenes mm-hmm. as a director, and it was, it was a really difficult experience. What, what did you find? Uh, How did you find it? Um, I definitely, I'm lucky. I never like, like really caught anything. Um, um, I found like, you know, when David gave us the option, we had the option of staying a condom only or going condom free. And, um, um, at first I wanted to stay with the condom. Um, but you know, um, they vivid said that the condoms, the girls that were staying with the condoms, their movies weren't selling as much. Right. Cause it was it definitely affects sales. Yes. Yeah. And so I decided to stop using the condoms and I found that the scenes went a lot smoother. Um, right. Obviously, because the guy could hit their wood easier and, right. they, you know, they could feel more and you weren't constantly peeling off the condom and having to get them hard again. And right. so um, it was actually um, a really good move um, that I decided to go non-condom after four years of using condoms. Yeah, and you probably found it was less painful for you because I, I think people don't understand that a, a porn scene is not like when you're having sex at home and you have you have sex for 10, 12 minutes at a time. In a porn mm-hmm. scene, you, you, you have intercourse and then you start and you stop and you start and you stop and, and you do it for pictures and you take it off and then you start again and you can get pretty chafed by the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. yeah definitely. And this is one of the reasons why so many performers, if you're given a choice, pretty much 95% of them are going to choose not to use condoms. Exactly. I totally agree. And uh, yeah, I found that um, work became a lot easier once the condoms were gone. <laughs> yeah. Um, during that time period, I think before Vivid, maybe, uh, you worked for David Christopher, who helped me get into the business. Uh, mm-hmm. And I and David always tells the story about how you put him on the map with um, it was the cover of, I think, Decadent Divas, maybe where he sold yeah, over 100,000 DVDs. So what was actually, that? that? That was the first movie I did as Brianna Banks with the with oh, wow. boobs. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And he got me first before anybody else did. How did that come about then? How did he get you first, just randomly, or did it, was there a plan there? Um, it was, it was kind of randomly. Um, you know, um, I probably shouldn't have been working yet. My, my boobs were pretty new. But um, I was working with my best friend, Lita Chase, and another girl. It was a three-way girl scene. And Scott Wallace was actually uh, shooting the stills for it. The first wow. time I ever met Scott Wallace. Yes, and, a very um, good photographer. Very good photographer. Yeah, very good. He got some amazing shots with my new boobs. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it just, it just happened. Because he'd shot me um, numerous times as Mirage. But every Mirage movie got re-released from the name Brianna Banks, so it didn't hmm. really matter. But yeah. um yeah, he um he shot me, I got the cover and um it was a really hot three-way girl scene and it did very well. 
Um, it did very well. It sold over a hundred thousand DVDs, and that's just a mind-boggling number. You, you know, that's yeah. the kind of numbers that you see in mainstream companies, not porn companies. And mm-hmm. I think it it proved what you bring to the table. And and I say this for any producer or director out there: uh, Brianna equals money. Brianna equals money. You put her on a DVD, the DVD makes money. It doesn't matter whether her scene is a good scene or bad scene, although. Um, you know, most of her scenes are good scenes. All of her scenes are good scenes. Well, almost mm-hmm. all of her scenes are good scenes. We can I talk mean, about I the one that was I've been back, there's maybe been a few where the guys were having issues, you know. Um, maybe they were a little starstruck or, um, you know, now that I work with a lot of younger people, because I played the multiple, um, a lot of the guys are intimidated because they jacked off to me, you know, for yeah. years. Um, I have like three generations of fans now, so it's uh, <laughs> that's right. It's bizarre. It really is. Uh, we're going to ask you about your comeback, actually, but first, I want to tell our viewers about Bluetooth. Bluetooth dot com. Okay, real talk here, people. I am a fifty-year-old man who regularly has sex with eighteen, nineteen, twenty-year-old females, and not only do I have to deal with the expectations of the eighteen, nineteen, twenty-year-old females, but I've got money on the line. I perform in scenes that I'm the producer and director of, and that means that I pay for the scenes. And if I can't perform, then I lose out on the money that I spent on the crew, the female talents, the food I spent that day, the makeup artists. There's a lot on the line. So uh, how do I do it? How do I make sure that I perform every time and never suffer from erectile dysfunction? Well, I use BlueChew.com. BlueChew, that's like blue, uh, you know, like the color, B-L-U-E. And what it is is they have the first chewable pill with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. Uh, you take them anytime you want, and see, because they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill. And this is what happens. The problem is you don't always know that you're going to need a pill, and sometimes you want to take it. You're in the middle of sexual activities. You just don't have a lot of time to be able to stall and delay before the girl finally gives up. So what you do is uh, you take a chewable pill. It works twice as fast. For me personally, 20, 30 minutes max before it hits. So uh, it's very quick, and it's a lot quicker than when I used to take the uh, the Cialis pills where I would just swallow the pill. So it's prescribed online, ships straight to your house. This is really good. You just go to a website, and there's a little box, and you type in, I suffer from erectile dysfunction. And then a doctor looks at your statement and says, oh, okay. Well, in that case, here's what we're going to prescribe for you. You don't have to go to the pharmacy, which I used to do. And then, you know, you got to get that little look on the face of the pharmaceutical uh, person at the counter. And so no more awkwardness, waiting in lines. Uh, it's also a lot less expensive, by the way, than I used to pay at the pharmacy uh, and then lastly, see, I have friends who have been buying like sales and stuff from India and China and Canada, and they're not really sure what they get. This is actually in the United States. You know what you're getting here, and it ships directly right to you from the United States, and it's cheaper than a pharmacy. So uh, we got a special deal. Hey, this is great news, and, and a lot of my friends have been trying this and tell me they love it. Use my promo code. Get on there today at bluechew.com and uh, at checkout, use the promo code ADULT, just A-D-U-L-T, and they'll give you your first month's supply for free as long as you pay $5 for shipping. So, Yep, that's what I said. Your first month's supply of Blue Chew, 
So you'll start getting those good hard-ons uh, for free. Just pay $5 for shipping. So again, that's bluechew.com, B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W.com. Use the promo code ADULT, A-D-U-L-T. Try it for free. Blue Chew is better, cheaper, faster choice. And thank you so much, Blue Chew, for sponsoring the Let's Talk Adult podcast. And so let's get back to Brianna and ask her about how she left the industry for a while and then and then made a comeback. So what happened there? Um, after Vivid kind of, I was like with the last group of Vivid girls and the, really they had gone downhill. There was nothing special about them anymore. Right. So, um, I mean, what do you do after eight years of being with Vivid? And then I think I did like, I did a deal with browsers where I was supposed to do so many scenes for them. But um, I wasn't happy. I was burnt out, to be honest. I've been going for like 15 years, um, um, maybe, no, 12 years. I was tired. I started putting on weight. Um, I started dating an asshole. And um, I just decided that, uh, you know, I didn't enjoy porn anymore, that I wasn't um, having fun doing it. So yeah. I just kind of dropped off the face of the earth. I went to school to become a personal trainer. Mm. I uh, got my implants shaken out. I dyed my hair brown. I mean, I really just didn't want to be Brianna Banks anymore. And um, wow. that lasted five years I was gone. I did not realize that when you were gone, you had gone that far. You took out your implants. Yep. Well, I took him out. I went to a B cut and I dyed my hair mousy brown and went to school for personal training. Okay. I yeah. wanted to have like a mousy normal brown. life. <laughs> Is that a color, mousy brown, that, that they well, have in the choices? I, 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 I believe that um, blondes have more fun. At least I do as a blonde. <laughs> I agree. So, yeah, I definitely did not look like people didn't recognize me anymore. I, I look so different. Hmm. Uh, and did you so, like being a personal trainer? Because I, I know you love working out. You know, um, I did it for about six months. I drove, I got up at four in the morning every day, drove uh, two hours to school, sat there for six hours, drove two hours home. And uh, it was a lot harder than I thought. I just thought that I'd be learning, you know, really cool stuff on exercise and diet. And um, there was a lot more to it. And I guess the final breaking point was someone broke into my car and they stole my my bag with all my notes for, like, the exams and, uh, like, all my books. And I was pretty much screwed. I didn't have one single note for the exams. And I was like, you know what? I don't even like, I'm like over this too. So I decided to leave the guy. Um, So he, we had not been getting along anyway. He was very verbally abusive to me, which I didn't recognize because I've been physically abused by plenty of men, but I didn't recognize how bad mental and verbal abuse is. Um, It hurts way more than getting hit in the face. I can tell you that. Yeah. But, um, he went to work one day and I was gone when he came home. I changed my phone number. I moved. I disappeared. Um, I made sure that he could not find me. Mm-hmm. And I started going to the gym six days a week, three hours a day for seven months. And I dropped uh, uh, 
60 pounds that I had put on while I was with that guy. Holy cow. Six. I cannot imagine this. I can imagine you at 15 pounds overweight. I cannot imagine you at 60 pounds overweight. I was, all I did was eat and drink alcohol. You know, I was just so miserable and unhappy. And um, he constantly told me what a washed up fat porn star I was. And, uh, you know, um, I did everything in my power. And when I hit 130 pounds again, was when I came back and set up my first comeback scene with Manuel. Um, Manuel Ferrara. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I made sure that it was uh, it was for Archangel. I made sure it was with who I wanted to work with for the company that I thought would um, push it the most. And, um, you know, I just worked really hard at my comeback, and I won my second AVN Hall of Fame um, since I've been back, as well as winning Best Comeback um, of all time. So um, I'm uh, really proud of, you know, um, how well this comeback was, uh, went for me. And you deserve you deserve every accolade you've ever gotten, uh, no doubt. Now, now let's go Thank back you. to the first time you shot for me – was mm-hmm. before your your comeback. <laughs> it's kind of yeah. funny because what happened was you and I went to Universal Studios as part of the same group. Remember, um, it was the mm-hmm. Brookhaven thing where she organized a little group of people to go to their scary night out there, and yeah. so we're all walking around together. You, me, Brooks, Sarah, Jesse, um, <laughs> Ray. Was it Ray, the guy that you were buddies with, that was buddies with Brooke also? I love mm-hmm. that guy. Ray, you still talk to Ray? Um, I'm not really. I'm because I don't go back to that to Conejo Valley because the guy that I left lives there, so I stay away from that area. Gotcha. All right. Anyway, so so this whole group of us is cruising along, and there's a girl in the group named Liz Taylor, and uh-huh. I think you had not met Liz before that night, right? Um, no, I, I had met her once before, but she had been friends with me on, God, what was before? Um, MySpace? Yeah, MySpace. Like, um, <laughs> okay. And she said when she turned 18, she was getting my name tattooed on her, and I told her, don't do it, don't do it, and she did it. <laughs> so this, so the, yeah, so then I meet both of you that night. And I'm just stunned to find out that I've got Brianna Banks on one side of me and a girl with a Brianna Banks tattoo right next to her badge <laughs> on the other side of me. Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, this would make a really good scene. Uh, and I think you were only doing girls, maybe. I know you were burned out on the business by that point mm-hmm. and were sort of thinking about making your exit, but... So then I got this brilliant idea of doing a girl-girl femdom scene where you dominate a girl and make her get a tattoo of your name on her. Mm -hmm. And then, and then you, 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 uh, you do that. And then you, and then you make her lick your pussy or something like that. So that's the scene. It's up on meanbitches.com. People can check this out, but it was kind of a disaster because the one thing that didn't occur to me was I've that never done femdom, well one. that I yeah, I knew that, but it and never I occurred to me that mean to her. <laughs> yeah, there was that problem, 
how do you be mean to someone that idolizes you? It was really, really hard for me to like call her names and stuff. It's a lot easier doing it to someone you don't know or a guy that's into it, but she wasn't into it any more than I think I was into it. Right. It was just, it was awkward. Very awkward um, (laughs) situation there. Especially since. Yeah, I kept looking back at you and Brooke, and you guys just were like, had the strangest looks on your face. Like, I'm like, oh, this isn't going well. I can. (laughs) No, it didn't. It wasn't. It it wasn't a good combination. Also, the thing I didn't, I don't know why I didn't understand that, but you're, I don't want to say this the wrong way because I don't, Liz Taylor is a very nice girl. But yeah. when you take a girl who basically has idolized you to the point of getting a tattoo of your name on her, you're kind of taking a stalker and putting her in the same scene as the other girl. And and what we just didn't think that through yeah. because, yeah. you know, of course it's going to be uncomfortable for you. And that, that's the only scene I ever did with her. <laughs> yes. Well, that's good. Well, we have that. I'm sure it's worth more money that now we have the only scene like it. You guys, but also we do a ton of foot worship in my scenes and you had some kind of foot problem at the time and you got to set and we're like, Hey, you know, just don't show my feet in this scene. And I was like, what? Yeah. How do we not show your feet in this scene? I think I had six screws in my foot. uh, So I didn't really want my, my feet in the scene too much. So I didn't know exactly what what your whole deal was. You know, um, I wasn't told exactly what I was to be expected of me. Um, I'd never really uh, fucked a girl with a strap on, and never mind yeah, Liz. That I, I was just like, yeah. ah! <laughs> that didn't go well. Neither of you guys could find a comfortable position. Um, and also, I didn't really know what to do with um my scene if you take out there's just so much i hadn't done that many girl girl scenes so i hadn't really thought through how am i going to fill 30 something minutes of time and if you can't do foot worship that kind of really limited us down to just some pussy licking some uncomfortable looking strap on and a little bit of uh ass worship and i'm not even sure that I'm not well. sure she was too into that either. <laughs> so this I was, was... Like, oh. yeah, I it... love her too, but um, yeah, that was just uh, uh, not the most romantic scene. I think she was envisioning in her head either. <laughs> <laughs> no, and and uh, so this was kind of the worst scene, one of the worst scenes we did on Mean Bitches, um, and one of Brianna's worst scenes, but. The people that watched it disagree with me. And so many people. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the. Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Introducing new Firehouse Pairs. Pair your favorite small sub with a signature side like the awesome five cheese mac and cheese. And remember, a portion of every purchase at Firehouse Subs goes towards helping first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations only, Firehouse Subs would donate a minimum of $1 million in 2019 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.11% of every purchase. 
complimented the scenes, said they loved it. Really? And, and so that shows, you know, what I know. It doesn't, I'm not always right about these things. Sometimes you, you, you watch it on set and you think, oh, we're not making great porn here. But then the audience loves it. So, um, and so, so there's our negative side. And I'm going to tell, now we're going to move on to the great scenes that we've done together. Um, yeah. But first, let's hear from another one of our sponsors. And we'll be right back. All right, let's talk about the infamous priest scene. <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> this that was is... uh, that that was so wrong, but it was so good. <laughs> this is the most um, talked about scene that I've ever shot. It is the most uh, beloved scene for many of my fans. It's one of the top selling scenes we've ever done. And it was it was me and Brianna working together in the scene, playing off each other. We love each other. I love Brianna, at least I can say that. And mm-hmm. and so our personalities just work together sometimes, and, and we came up with this thing. So exp- tell me what you remember about this scene, and then I'll fill in the other details. Um, I remember that uh, you were the priest, and <laughs> I was right. uh, trying to get back at my husband by sucking your cock and uh, telling my husband that, uh, you know, trying to piss my husband off, basically, asking him if he likes watching me suck you off and, you know, just talking really nasty and dirty. And uh, during the whole scene, your cross kept hitting me in the forehead. (laughs) So, you know, it was just, uh, it was just, uh, it was a strange scene, but it was like hot, you know, it was uh, something I'd never even got close to doing. Well, okay. So the, the premise here was that you and your husband went to the priest for family counseling. Mm-hmm. And then the priest basically starts asking you questions like, well, I can see why you dislike your husband. It, does he have a small cock? And you're like, oh yeah, he's got a very small cock. <laughs> so then the priest says, you know, in this I play in the priest, well, yeah, God hates guys with small cocks. At which point you took that as a cue to just roll with it. And then we both started going nuts with the, yeah, and that's why God wants the priest to fuck your wife. That's why God wants the priest to have sex with your wife. And, and, uh, and so then we start having sex, like right in front of the, the, the uh, husband, basically, which was the camera. Mm-hmm. And both of us are just saying the meanest, most vile, sacrilegious things. <laughs> I didn't know that stuff like that could come out of my mouth, but even I was shocked at what the stuff that I was saying. (laughs) Yeah, and what did we do in the end, like come on the cross and make him make your husband lick the cum off the cross or something? It was something vile at the end that we did. A bowl. A bowl. Well, because don't forget there was another scene that we did together where – Different scene. The husband is in a dog cage. Yeah. (laughs) And at the end, that one, Brianna was giving me a blowjob, and I was supposed to come tour in the direction of the cage. But the cameraman is sitting in the cage filming this stuff (laughs) at a safe distance. But Brianna is so talented. Like, guy, I mean, just look, if you're in the audience and – You've had blowjobs before. You've never had a blowjob compared to what Brianna can do to you. I mean, it, it's it's life changing, and and so I end up ejaculating, distance ejaculating, like setting world records 
And oh, it, it went. I was trying to catch it with the bowl. <laughs> <laughs> right. The dog bowl. I was supposed to come in a dog bowl in the dog cage. Yeah, but it didn't even go near the dog bowl. I'm trying to maneuver the dog bowl around to catch the cum, and it's going everywhere but the dog bowl. <laughs> and it ends up covering all over Jimmy, my cameraman, who's then dripping with cum all over him. And the best part was was that he kept telling me, now don't mess this shot up. He said, make sure that you don't mess and then he ended up getting covered in cum and I like couldn't laugh I had to stay in character none of us could break character and so I'm just kind of cleaning it up off the floor and putting it in the bowl (laughs) I'm still not laughing and you know I got oh boy I'm like look how much cum that came out of you it's all over the place and it's like as soon as the camera pans away we all just started dying well, me and Glenn started dying. The cameraman wasn't very funny. He just, he was pissed off. Well, and Jimmy always looks kind of angry. It's just the way his face is designed that he's just, you know, yeah. he's got kind of a mean look. Makes him good for security. He went but we looked over at him. He pants off and said you were paying <laughs> for dry cleaning. I think he was a little upset. Yeah, I said he would, I would pay for dry cleaning. And he said, no, I have to burn these pants now. There's no going back. <laughs> At that point, we both agreed we would never discuss it again. And then every time you've seen Jimmy since then, you immediately ask him um, if he wants to hold up a dog bowl for us or if he's been in the cage lately. He still gets mad. He's like, fuck you, Brianna. Why do you always got to bring it up? Why? (laughs) Why must you torment me? I'll never forget as long as I live. It it was the funniest behind-the-scenes blooper of all time. (laughs) One of our great moments. All right, I got to keep moving here because we're running out of time. There's a couple things that I really want to ask you about. Um, The first is your bond with your fans. I don't think there's a performer in the industry today – who has a has who cares more about her fans and has a greater bond with her fans. Can you just talk about that for a moment? How how much you care about and love your fans? Absolutely. Um, you know, I just have amazing fans. Uh, like I said, I have generations. Um uh, for example, I take the time like every every night, every morning, I try and answer every single person on Twitter and Instagram you know, um, to, to, you know, go through as many DMs that, uh, you know, are decent to DMs, I'll say. But, um, you know, when I came back, I wasn't sure how the fans were going to take me coming back. Um, but they welcomed me back with open arms, and they're just really amazing. You know, they're so positive. I rarely ever get any negativity on any of my social media my IG um, got taken down for no reason a month and a half ago when I was at yeah. 217,000 followers. And I'm already almost back up to 70,000 in a month and a half. So, I mean, my fans really, really like, you know, follow me and they have to search to find my new account. So I'm extremely lucky that um, my fans. A lot of them, like, started off just jacking off to me or whatever, and then they grow to know my personality, 
and you know a lot of them like respect me and look at me as more than just a sex object now they realize I'm a, a real person with feelings and that I go out of my way to try and you know make them uh, feel better and help them in any way I can and they do the same for me so I'm very very lucky I want people to understand out there, I do know porn stars who have a person that runs their social media for them, um, but that's not the case with Brianna here. When you when you send her words of encouragement, you're sending them right to her, and she appreciates every one. And when you get a response from her, you're speaking to Brianna. Um, yeah. Now, I also want to ask you about something here that I probably wouldn't ask you about if it wasn't on your Instagram um, mm-hmm. But you put up an Instagram a few days ago where you really spoke from the heart um, about the, the the mental health issues that you've had in 2018, mm-hmm. some of the things that you've dealt with. And and again, we're kind of running out of time, but I, I just want you to have an opportunity to speak to your fans who can hear your voice now from the heart um, mm-hmm. about what you've, you've suffered through and what your outlook is for, for the future. Um, I got very depressed. I don't know why, because things were going so well for me, but it just happened so quickly. Um, for about eight months, I couldn't get out of bed. I stopped eating. I got put on antidepressants, antipsychotics. Um, I stopped shooting. I mean, I almost flushed my comebacks right down the toilet. Um, but my fans never stopped. DMing me, texting me, calling me, um, even though I wouldn't pick up the phone. Um, I was didn't know what to say because I didn't know what was wrong with me. But, um, you know, I finally decided, I was like, you know what, I'm not going down like this. I'm not going to just give up. Like, you know, I finally just one day got up and, you know, I moved from where I was living. Um, I just moved into a new place um, a month ago. And um, I'm back to shooting and, you know, I'm back to talking to all my fans. And I just want to say thank you to them because if they hadn't shown me how much they cared and how concerned they were about me, um, I probably, you know, might have not made it, to be honest, because uh, you go so long without eating or taking care of yourself, you know, that bad things could have happened to me if I had not if I had not picked myself up and dusted myself off when I did. Yeah. Um, and just to be clear, I, I want to make sure people understand this. It, it, it's not a, it's not a drug problem or a substance abuse problem at all. It's mental health issues. And a lot of performers have yeah. them. And, and my, 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 it runs in my family and I just happened to, to get it when I did, you know, and it's awful. It's the most awful feeling because you can't do anything about it, you know. You've just got to fight it, and and the medication made me worse, to be honest. I got off at cold turkey and just started going to the gym and use natural endorphins to make myself feel better. I didn't want a pill to like numb my feelings because that didn't help me at all. Yeah, well, there's a uh, some advice for people. Then you know, some of the folks that are dealing with mental health issues. Uh, can try exercise as one of the ways to get out of your funk. Um, and that brings us to my last question for you. You're somebody that people look up to. People in the industry uh, recognize that you're one of the all-time greats and, and, and 
so what kind of advice would you give to younger performers today or or maybe just advice you would give to young 18-year-old Mirage uh, if you could go back in time? Mm-hmm. Uh, save your money. Um, you know, I'm very lucky that I've had such a long career, but, you know, uh, most girls aren't that lucky. They, you know, um, have a very short, short, short-lived career. Um, a few years if they're lucky and, you know, um, just, just be smart and don't do stuff you don't want to do. I have never done, uh, well, I mean, I've done maybe one or two scenes that I regret, but I have never done a scene for money that I did not, um, want to do, you know, um, or get talked into doing. Um, that's why my scenes were always amazing is because I, was into most of them and I wanted to be there, you know, so don't let people talk you into doing stuff that you don't want to do because it will be around forever. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Um, so that's Brianna Banks, everybody, one of the greatest performers of all time and the performer in probably my greatest scene on meanbitches.com. So Brianna, where can people, um, where can people see you and, and uh, like, are you doing sex Panther these days? I know you're doing only fans. Yeah. I'm on sex Panther under Brianna Banks, only fans, Brianna Banks, um, Brianna Banks dot triple X. Um, as well as my new Instagram is Brianna Banks six. And um, my Twitter is Brianna Banks um, triple X. One, yeah. <laughs> got these numbers. All right, so just so people understand, though, this is really cool. Sex Panther means you can talk to Brianna Banks right now. You can actually yeah. send her a text, and then Brianna can text you back. And I can send you little videos, pics. You can talk to me on the phone. It really is me. I am responding to you. You can masturbate, and I can talk you through it. Whatever, whatever you or your fantasy is, I'm here to fulfill it for you. This is one of the filthiest talking girls in porn, and you can have her talk dirty to you. (laughs) Yeah, the guys last about three minutes on the phone with me. (laughs) (laughs) That's your average. You have to raise your rate per minute then, since they're not lasting very long. Um, But do you ever do any of the guys just call sometimes just to talk and and you know just about things that aren't sexual? You could do that, right? Um, I think (laughs) some of them maybe try, and then once I get them on the phone, it changes (laughs) real quick. (laughs) I don't know. I guess I have that that tone in my voice. I'm like, so baby, I'm like, what are you doing? You know, are you playing with yourself? And then it's like all over from there. Yeah. (laughs) I get like that every time I see you, too. It's like we start. We start on an intellectual level, but it dies fast with me. Um, uh, but uh, and then your OnlyFans. You told me that you're kind of making a push. You really want to get cranking on that. That's where people can see intimate videos of you that you're making yourself in the shower and whatever. Yeah, shower. Um, you know, uh, sex with uh, POV sex without uh, a porn star uh, all the time. Um, you know, it's masturbation, rubbing lotion all over myself. Um, it's just me being me, um, you know, not always glammed up and, you know, the whole fake eyelashes and full makeup. Um, it's more personal and, you know, it's, it's, it's me, you know, really showing myself to, um, my fans. That's why it's called only fans, you know? 
Yeah. Yeah. Outstanding. All right, everybody. Well, thank you very much for uh, our special guest, Brianna Banks. Um, if you are listening to this podcast, but you have not subscribed already, then shame on you. Shame, 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 because it's so easy to do. You're just going to go on to iTunes and you're going to click on the subscribe button. And by the way, I don't even care if you listen to it. Just subscribe and download the podcast or something like that because uh, we need more subscribers. And we also need reviews. So get on there and give us a five-star rating and, and a good review. You can also find us on uh, Google Play. Uh, you can find us on Spreaker. You can find us on uh, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Spotify. Basically, we're everywhere. So get to us and subscribe to the podcast. There you go. And I'm going to leave you guys with our thought of the week. As you know, I'm going through advice that 50-year-old Glenn would give to 20-year-old Glenn if I could go back in time. Today's piece of advice I have for you guys is never break two laws at a time. So if you're going to, let's say, smoke pot and drive uh, drunk, that's breaking a law or driving while inebriated. But if you're going to do that, and see, I don't judge people, but if you're going to do that, don't do, don't speed at the same time. And if you're going to speed, then don't um, play on your cell phone and answer texts at the same time. If you're going to answer texts while you're driving, then just obey every other law while you're doing it. So you see, that's the rule. If you're going to stay safe, only break one law at a time. Good advice from me. Glad you came. Awesome. There you go. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. Good night. This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Introducing new Firehouse Pairs. Pair your favorite small sub with a signature side, like the awesome five cheese mac and cheese. And remember, a portion of every purchase at Firehouse Subs goes towards helping first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating in locations only, Firehouse Subs would donate a minimum of $1 million in 2019 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.11% of every purchase. This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Introducing new Firehouse Pairs. Pair your favorite small sub with a signature side, like the awesome five cheese mac and cheese. And remember, a portion of every purchase at Firehouse Subs goes towards helping first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations only, Firehouse Subs would donate a minimum of $1 million in 2019 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.11% of every purchase.